Welcome to the People and Technology Podcast. My name's David Gazzarotto and uh, we're here at the Contingent Workforce Conference in Sydney. Joined as ever by my partner in crime, Jared Cameron. How are you, mate? Yeah, great. Thanks, Dave. Good session. I uh, just stuck my nose into and yeah. we're actually joined. Uh, you know, we're joined here today um, by Deb Jackson from Transurban. Deb, how are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. You've just got off stage. I How know. Was it? it was actually much easier than I thought it would be. I'm not used to or accustomed to standing yep. on stage and, and talking to a whole group of people, but it was pretty good. Great. It was a Q&A session, right? Q&A, that's right. Mm. Tell, do you want to tell us a bit about what you've been doing at Transurban and what sort of landed you with a, in a Q&A session <laughs> at a contingent <laughs> workforce conference? Well, actually, before we get to Transurban, because I was talking to Deb just prior to, to starting the, the recording here, um, I've learned that you've actually, you're actually a serial implementer of contingent labour models, I guess, in organisations. Do you want to take us through Addicted that journey? Addicted to them. <laughs> it takes you the journey, I guess, from um, how, you know, through the other organisations to where you are now at Transurban, because I think that's a really cool story. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> it's really interesting. I think about my recruitment um, history and, um, and my career is that up until the time I joined Origin, which was about seven years ago now, I was purely permanent. So I'd done executive search, I'd implemented permanent um, recruitment models, you know, and it was purely and simply thinking about um, getting the, the, the best way and in talent into the organisation from mm-hmm. a, an employee perspective. So I was given the opportunity to do a, a project. So it was a, a three-month project to implement a contingent recruitment model. Mm-hmm. I had recruitment experience. I had implementation of um, recruitment models. How difficult could it be <laughs> to look at the contingent side of things? Yeah. So I thought, okay, why not? Let's <laughs> have and a go at that. <laughs> that's it. And then I realised that the complexities of the contingent workforce was just so much greater than I had any thought of. And it actually became really interesting. I thought, wow, this is this is great. Um, it was a huge challenge to be able to really get my head around all the complexities of, of that um, that piece. So when I joined Origin, what was supposed to be a three-month um, contract was two years um, to actually fully um, implement that um, contingent um, model. And mm-hmm. the model um, was end up being a, a permanent um, – well, not a per- they had a permanent recruitment model, but they wanted to do a, an RPO for mm. a um, – to actually source the contingent workforce and then put a CMO in to actually manage, to manage um, that workforce. Mm-hmm. So from origin to – yeah. Next stage of the journey. Yeah, so I left Origin and I went to um, to Asiano, yeah. and Asiano, in fact, didn't have any recruitment right. um, function at all. Wow. So my first role there was, in fact, to, to do a permanent model to mm. actually implement mm. um, a, a permanent solution. But because it's surprising. of the, it's such you know, such a large employer too. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, it, and what was great about it was because it was Greenfields. Yeah. It was so yeah. exciting yeah. You know, to build it from scratch. I mean, not too many people get that, that no, opportunity. No, you would so it <laughs> Also was, probably scary as well, I guess, you know, no, no sort of starting point. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, I kind of like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, but as I was going along and implementing the, the permanent model – there was huge issues with visibility of our contingent um, yeah. workforce. So all the things that I'd learned previously at at Origin, I said, we really need to start doing this right now. Right. Um, so I actually did 
did it at the same time. So mm-hmm. we, we started to think about how we're going to get the visibility of the workforce, but probably in it more importantly was to, to mitigate that risk. Yep. So looking at trying to, to bring in um, a contingent management organisation to to actually start to, to help us. And initially it was really just around the independent contractors, how right. are we going to get visibility of those, mitigate the risk around the tax and, and all those sorts of things. Mm. And so that's what we, um, we did there. That sort of didn't end up um, going too much longer because I don't know if you remember that Asiano yeah. had this huge um, buyout. Yep. Um, and so I moved on and, um, and I'm now at Asiano. So I'm yeah. getting to start the Transurban. <laughs> Transurban, yes, not Asiano. I mean, I left it's Asiano still on and your now badge, Transurban. <laughs> I should look at that. <laughs> yes, right. So I'm at Transurban, and and so the same thing. I found that mm. um, when I got there, that we didn't have any visibility of our contingent workforce, and we have at any one time, you know, 250 to 300 um, contingent workers. I'm not talking about statement of work now. We're just talking right. about those agency type workers. Right. So we didn't know. We really don't know you know, what sort of um, role they're playing, you know, what sort of um, mm. cost is it to the business? Um, and we really have no way then to actually think about are we actually going to be able to reuse that workforce because yeah. we're not capturing it anywhere. Yep. Mm. So, so it's all point in time. That's it. Mm. So um, so I'm in the process now of um, implementing uh, a new contingent um, model here at um, Transurban. So. Right. And so, so what are the, I guess, what are the features of the model that, you, that you know, you're looking to achieve? Uh, initially, it really is just about that visibility. Yep. So well, I'm just thinking about the, the payroll and the management of the, the contingent workers. We're not actually thinking about the sourcing yet. That's yeah, right. that stage two. Yep. Um, so it really is, um, you know, so I'm in the, the process of an RFP to, to put in a contingent management organisation mm-hmm. to, to get that visibility. We have about 35 agencies at the moment right. where our con- contractors are actually mm, payrolled and managed. So you can imagine from a manager's perspective, yeah. they've got different timesheets for the different um, workers from the different um, agencies. We have um, a huge issue in trying to um, have the the invoices come in and then um, if we're recharging the contractor internally, how do we do that? So mm. it's actually quite mm. a, a, a it's big complicated. issue. It, it is complicated. Yeah. And you've got you, all these vendor relationships that you're having to manage potentially as a, uh, as a manager as well. That's right. And yeah. so, so by having one vendor that will actually manage the the workforce, they will onboard the, the individual. Yeah. We get one invoice it's just it makes it simple. It mitigates our risk, mm. and you know we actually then can start to think about the next stage. What yep. are we going to do? How we've got the visibility of the workforce mm. now? Mm. How do we actually think longer term about how do we reuse that workforce mm. um, and ensure, in fact, that the the engagement piece that they if you think about. Um, are they actually going to leave the business in um, in one week time? Mm. Well. Do we know that? Do we know that they're actually their contracts about to, to finish? Mm. Often, are we doing anything about it? Yes, mm. and so mm. you know, we don't suddenly. You know, you might find that um, at the moment, a contingent worker um, they lose all of their access because mm. suddenly their their contract's gone, but no one's actually prompted them to say, "Hey, yeah. you're out of contract." So, yeah. with a, a CMO, that will actually change. Proactively manage it. I mean, what's sort of driving the need for there to be contingent workers at Transurban? You know, what sort of Pushing you down that path. Yeah, we have we have a large number of projects. Right. So you it's know, a very it, project-centric organisation, right? There's a lot of change. Mm. You know, it's a really, really exciting organisation to, to be a part of mm. um, because there's so much growth and there's so many interesting things that are, that are happening. And so for every project, um, and because they, there are sort of time limits, so we're not going to expect to have the, the requirement for that workforce for 
you know, as a permanent employee. It's point, point in time funding, right? That's so it. we need mm. you to come in and do A to B. That's it. But That's we don't it. need you after that, right? That's right. And you know, it could be, you know, it could be eighteen months worth of work. Yeah. Mm. But um, but it, it often, I mean, I, I would say the average is around six months. Yeah. All oh, right. I mean, there was some interesting discussion in your Q and A session before around um, how do you treat your contingent workforce, workforce versus your employees, and there were some questions raised about should you really treat them differently at all. I mean. What, what sort of the experience at Transurban? Well, in fact, I think Transurban does it really well in that we treat the, the workforce as a, as a total workforce. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you can't actually tell who within the organisation is a contingent, um, or in fact, we like to call it contingent talent, mm-hmm. um, rather yeah, that's than... That's probably a better uh, way of viewing it. Well, it is. From a total workforce perspective, that's better language, right? It is, yeah. So, you know, our contingent talent and, and our employees, they don't get the same benefits, mm. um, and I, but I don't think that that's something that you need to, to look at moving forward. How would we potentially change that? You know, we're mm. thinking about doing something like an engagement survey of them to understand what are their needs, you know, because we want them to be happy too. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, so from an aspirational perspective, thinking about that total workforce, um, what, what do you see as the opportunity to, I guess, um, meld the contingent um, component with, with the, the other um, Types of workers that you have. I suppose I think about from a talent acquisition perspective, um, rather than thinking about from a total workforce, mm-hmm. is that how do we have visibility of those um, individuals to be able to understand their capability, to understand where there is a need, and be able to then say yes, we can actually um, move that particular individual onto another project, mm-hmm. um, or, or come back. You know, within a couple of years' years time, we've actually had someone that actually had great um, capability. Yeah. Um, and we've actually managed to capture that, and you know, and we've got their competencies. You know, mm. we we have more than you know just a name and and a title. Right. So yeah. I think that for us is is really good. But you want to be able to have, and the culture at Transurban is fabulous, mm. and so you want to have an engaged um, um, total workforce, mm. and so that includes your contingent workforce. Has as well. to right? I mean, yeah. you, how does. could how could it not? I mean, especially if you've got someone that's going to be working with your organisation for eighteen months, or you know, you said six months was an average duration. I mean, that's a long time for have someone in your business and Absolutely. interacting with the rest of your teams and your full-time workers. And, you know, you want people to think that they're bringing, you know, enough to the table. But I like the idea of you sort of saying you're capturing competency information. So you almost have well, a talent pool. Is that right? Well, that's what we're working towards. Right. Because at the moment we don't have that visibility. But that's what we want to do. Yeah. We want to understand the capability of that workforce. Mm. How can we actually reuse them and use them in the right way? I mean, we actually, you know, we, it's interesting. We find that um, some of our contingent workforce is actually replacing a lot of our employees that are on, on secondments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, right. ha- we have a huge um, view of being able to say, well, how can we invite Involved our employees in getting to do great projects too. Yeah. So rather than having yep. just all the contingent workers come and do the great projects, the employees get a chance to do that, and so then we have we backfill them yep. for the time right. that they're on the project. So it's it's really exciting for them mm. as well. You probably mm. use a contingent worker to backfill their <laughs> position, right? So you know That's you sort it. of you sort of sit there and you go, what type yeah. of contingent worker do we need? And I mean, you're talking workforce planning there, right? That's you're it. Sort of talking about how do we, you know, I like the idea of secondments and being able to provide a lot more lateral movement for people. And I did a lot of development in my career through secondments. So I'm big, big, you know, big advocate for that. So it's great to hear that you know, you're still trying to find ways for employees to do that. But I, I mean, clearly the contingent workforce is, is an easy solution, though, right? You know, especially once you get your CMO in place, you know, it's going to be probably quite seamless to reach into a bucket and 
get hands on skilled labour. That's mm. right. That's mm. right. Yeah, absolutely. So just from a, um, a talent, I guess keeping your talent acquisition hat on, yep. one of the things that um, intrigues me is um, a lot of organisations invest lots of time and effort in the um, recruitment process for permanence. And, you know, you'll go through six interviews and 32 assessments mm. and, you know, <laughs> DNA tests and everything else. Um, I don't think it's quite that creepy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> only, when, only when you're joining FK, Dave. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and that might be for someone doing possibly a lower level role in the organisation. Then you bring an IT program manager on <laughs> as a contingent um, and, you know, we check their name their serial number and the fact that they've done one project like this before in their lives, we don't really, you know, tr- uh, bring the same level of rigor. Rigor, yeah. How, how yeah. is that something that that you're concerned about and, and you're tackling? Look at Transurban. There certainly is more rigor around bringing in the contingent workforce. Mm. We don't have a lot of control from it at the moment from a talent acquisition function. Managers tend to do it themselves. Right. Yep. But we do have our managers spend a lot of time in training to say, well, how do we actually bring on our contingent um, mm. workforce mm. or, in fact, our em- employees as well? And so there are given guidelines in, um, in how to recruit, um, you know, making sure that they're making the right um, decisions from an inclusion perspective. Yeah, right. You know, the unconscious bias things yeah. is really important. And so, I mean, it's really good to understand that in both our contingent and our employees, we have 46% females right. in our workforce, in yep. our total workforce. So, you know, in the last year of our contingent labour, we had 46% yeah. for women. Now, that's, that's impressive. It's great. It is impressive. Mm. It's really know. impressive given we heard some stats yesterday about it being a male-dominated thing, you know, you've... Mm. You're sort of bucking the trend there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so part of that is because, you know, the the managers are given training mm. in one of the things that they need to be looking for and, and how do we actually, they actually bring on people. So it is actually quite a rigorous process. We yeah. probably put more time into um, sort of employees and certainly at a certain level to make sure we've got that cultural fit. Mm. Yeah. And not to say it's not important to have a contingent worker for a um, – having a good cultural fit but they're only here for a month then it's more about the capability that they can impart yeah but um, it's still yeah. but it's still very important yeah we see you know, i've seen some i'm sure i'm sure this isn't transurban but i've seen some organizations where managers will actually use contingent workers um, as a means to bypass the rigmarole and rigor that's involved in in hiring an actual permanent person I have definitely seen that too. And I think that's where when you actually change your model and you actually start to be um, a real consultant mm. to the to the business. So your talent acquisition team are actually providing advice as to what's the best worker for you right. to, to yeah. bring on, whether it be an employee, whether it be a contingent um, talent, mm. then that, that sort of changes. So mm. when they, they see you as helping them through the process and really helping them make the right decisions, I think that changes. Yeah, so moving them beyond just thinking, I've got to get a job done and I can't wait six weeks, two months, two years, whatever the process takes. That's right. I just want to get this person on now, just trying to get them past that. uh, But if we can actually start to get them thinking about what's the right talent they need to bring in and if we have do um, good workforce planning and we're starting to actually look Mm. at that and how we can actually think about what they're looking at in the future, start thinking about those talent pools. And so it's not a long and laborious process. Mm -hmm. It's actually we're working with them to actually really meet their needs. Then, Then that's where, you know, it really works for everybody. Yeah. Interesting. Do you, I guess, do you find that, you know, if you put your manager head on for a minute and you're looking at 
the outcomes you're trying to deliver. You know, you've got a headcount and you sort of got to work within that headcount. Most organizations, you know, they have a permanent headcount. And then they sort of, in order to deliver against, you know, your plan, you might have to dip into a contingent pool. But do you find that there, does does there become a time where, I mean, we've had some of these discussions with some other people actually about some of the legal rules and guidelines around hiring contingent workers can sometimes make it hard for people to have contingent workers for long periods of time and, you know, if you if you run into any challenges around how you kind of reusing the same talent pool, or well, you know, I think that it's it's actually quite interesting because it is actually a concern, you know, and you know, you hear in the industry, you know, whether it's eighteen months or whether it's two years, and you really shouldn't have a contingent worker there longer than that. I think it really depends on if you can actually show that you've got them there on a project for any length of time. If you yeah. kept on moving them from project to project, then that's where I think you're going to have yeah. the, the, those issues. Right, because um, that actually would be more like an employee that's sort of switching task yeah. to task kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. As opposed to coming and doing one dedicated piece of work. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard conundrum, isn't it? Because if you actually put your CFO hat on for a minute, you know, you're looking at the balance sheet and you're saying the cost of an employee, the cost of a contingent worker, like they're both a cost. You know, whether they're an employee or a contingent worker, in some regards, is almost irrelevant. Yet, still, like you described at Transurban, actually, you use them for a, a specific kind of activity, right? Yeah. The, the cost is going to be higher for a contingent worker, yeah. though. But just yeah, total cost. Yeah. Total but it's cost. off balance yeah. sheet. Yeah. So there's, there's an attraction, yeah. particularly if you're a listed company and you, you know, you're an open book in terms of all of the, the financials. And, yeah. Um, you can, you in, can... Investors do like to see you know, that you're not you're growing revenues and you're not growing your costs yeah. uh, from a permanent fixed cost perspective. So. But you also need to think about that the reason you're using the contingent labour is yeah. because you've got projects What's and you need to be able to make sure mm. you bring that capability in and sometimes that does mean it's a it's higher cost. Yeah. Actually, it was interesting. Tanith was talking about um, how different in your in your present in the Q and A session you just had. She was talking about how different contingent workers have got different motivations for wanting to sort of what, what experience they want to have in the workplace. Have you come across that as well? Some people are looking for a, a gig. Some people are looking to be a little bit more of an immersed employee experience. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, look, absolutely. It's it's really interesting to see some of the contingent workers that are actually coming in and they don't want to do anything else but work contingently. Yeah. they really like that freedom of saying, well, I'm going to work for mm. nine months of the year and then actually take some, some time off. Though, mm. realistically, mm. I find when you talk to them, they end up go, going from one gig to yeah, another yeah. They and they break. don't get the break. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then, look, there's obviously benefits to them. You know, you know, they can actually structure their, um, the way that they get paid. They can have a business and mm. obviously there's, there's other ways and means for them to, to be able to do that. So, yep. you know, they don't necessarily think that the employee – way of life is is for them mm. i, I kind of like to have um that sort of more guarantee around my mm. <laughs> my tenure but mm. Mm. yeah i guess the motivations for people they differ right and I, one of the things that i'm now starting to think about as a result of all these discussions is actually what really is a contingent worker and what defines them and from yeah. both from the workers perspective but also from the employment and so the employer's perspective i think it's just yeah. sort of I, I like how you've talked about it being all around a gig and a project i think that's a, a good descriptor mm. but I think we should explore at some point I in the think, future around yeah, the I motivations, think, you know. I think um, there are some people who really like to lock and load around the purpose of an organisation to yeah. support that and define themselves around that. There are others who perhaps see themselves more for an industry or for a, uh, a particular type of work. So a lot of IT people like that, they're like, you know, I want to be the best app developer. 
around. And right now, the best place to do that is at Transurban. So I'm going to go and get a gig at Transurban. Yeah. I, I think that's actually right, you know, and because they want, you know, it, it, it's the type of person that doesn't want to just do BAU. They mm. want to be on exciting projects. Mm-hmm. They want to actually have that experience. New and you fun. can't do that necessarily staying at the same organisation for a length of time. Yeah. Because, you know, requirements change, you know, so there's points in time where your skill set and your, you know, sense of purpose around that is relevant to that organisation, so you want to be there. Um, and then you move on to the next one, which is... I think the one thing I've always struggled with in the, the contingent sort of world is when if you come in and do a project, you get to see it through to a certain point, but we all know that when the project ends, the project doesn't really ever end. You know, there's still a whole phase that goes on afterwards. You don't often get to see it if you're the contingent worker and... Yeah, but sometimes it's not their skill set to do that either. True. You know, so they yeah. actually do the, the bit up front, but then actually bringing it in is... It's like painting the Sydney Harbour Bridge, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Never stops. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Oh, Deb, thank you so much. It's been great having a chat with you and uh, just sort of looking at the time and going, wow, 20 minutes flew by. <laughs> yeah. and, uh... <laughs> well, there you go. It's great to be here. So thanks very much for asking me to, to be a part of it. Pleasure. Great to hear the story. We'll speak to you again soon. Okay, great. Thanks.